Oh, ish, it's showtime. Hey everybody, welcome back to an all-new X's for Show special update. I'm Nico, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at NicoAction. That's N-I-C-O-A-C-T-I-O-N. And I'm TK. You can find me at XNateXGrayX. And I'm Jonah. You can follow me over on Twitter and Instagram at PeakJonah. That's P-E-A-K. And we hope you survive this experience. And what experience we have for you today, I am out of my mind with excitement to take a look at what we're taking a look at today. So everybody's talking about March brackets right now. It's a, you know, it's a thing. It's a cultural thing. I know that like, we're not like the world's most sporty podcast, but you know, a number of us are heavily into sports. And so it's, it's a cultural exchange. Everybody's all about it. And what's more fun than ranking things, right? So we thought that here at X is for show, we might dive into the world of ranking things and doing a bracket. And we came up with a really exciting bracket where we're going to be taking a look at the, and it seems impossible, but 32 titles that constitute the earliest days of the Krakoan era of X-Men as a line. I'm super stoked. You know, it's not even just the earliest days. We go, I really stopped us because I started to get into thinking about Sins of Sinister and, you know, I want to give those books a fair shake. They're not all mm -hmm. done yet. They mm -hmm. might be the, the true winners by the end of this whole thing. But, you know, we went right up to, you know, there's a bunch of Destiny of X stuff in the mix here. Uh, you know, we have a couple brackets. We're going to look at ongoings and more minis. But, uh, you know, this is the Krakoan Age battling out for supremacy. You know, Jonah, this is your first live active era of X-Men. This is where you came into the books. So, you know, I actually came up with, like, as we were coming up with this, and I'm, like, spitballing with TK and Kevo, I'm coming up with, like, these things where I'm, like, even I'm kind of, like, I'm iffy on the knowledge to evaluate all 32 of these. But I wanted to do one to kick us off that, uh, Jonah, you could be a part of, actively engage with, and feel like a real boss on the you know whole subject matter uh i have been listening to uh a lot of uh doja cat's boss b word so uh this is right up my alley don't lie you've just been re-watching the lip sync between marsha 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 and anitra over and over well, again actually it's both i keep re-watching the lip sync but i also have the song on a loop as well yeah. i literally played it four times uh earlier today it is uh it's a song that's the type of sports up. these gays get for go for mm-hmm Drag Race and music videos. <laughs> Those are well, our sports. You know, Project Runway, where uh, it's always about, you know, how quickly can you go off the deep end? But I, I'm so excited to do this. Now, we broke down all of the Krakoan era into ongoings, minis, one-shots. And, uh, you know, TK, if you would not mind unveiling the beautiful bracket that you worked... So oh, hard on to start us off. Going to be pitting one book against another, and uh, I'm I'm really excited about this. Yeah, so you know we did start with 
the ongoings and it was an interesting evaluative process because there's so much overlap and you know we had a bunch of series like way of x that went directly into legion of x and for a while as i was building the brackets i had kind of said you know Cy spurrier's run but i started to feel like there really is a difference between way of x and legion of x even though one leads into the other and it is not the ongoing is not the entirety of the spurrier run there really is a distinct difference between the five issues that constitute way of x and then legion of x is this ongoing story that you know is continuing to this day then we have things like hickman's x-men versus duggan's x-men duggan's x-men is ongoing Hickman made his statement and it ended, but it lasted a long time. It lasted years. It went uh, go nineteen issue, twenty issues, yeah, something like that. Like a, Give or take. Hit that. It hit that double digit marker, and that's so, uh, rare at Marvel in the that, first. Yeah, these place. days that's a that's a miracle. So you know, I put together the list of the sixteen books that I felt constituted the solid solid. Krakoan age ongoing oeuvre. Now, some of these are still going on. Some of these will end and get replaced with other things that will become ongoings that are worth evaluating. But for now, these are the consistent 16. And then we ended up having a pretty solid 16 minis. You know, there's stuff that I chose to leave out from both because you have to get a solid divisible by four number. Uh, Nico actually, Nico and Jonah both know the math on this a lot better than I do, but there are specifics to the numbers that you need. So we were evaluative and stuff got cut, but the process from there became about, uh, you know, we tested a couple runs just doing these randomly, but that didn't feel fair. So we got a little curatorial with where we would start on what versus what. Like, for instance, you can see that one of the ones we're going to be start with is uh, Hickman's X-Men versus Gillen's Immortal. And Nico, talk to me a little bit about that before we get going. Well, like, let's take a look then at all the titles. Yeah, please. So let's cut on over to some slides prepared by producer extraordinaire Kevo. And let's take a look at the titles at hand. We're going to be kicking things off with a look at Hickman's X-Men, Immortal X-Men by Gillen, Marauders by Duggan, Marauders by Orlando, New Mutants by Hickman and Brisson, New Mutants by Ayala, Sword and X-Men Red by Ewing, had to get a little creative there, uh, X-Men by Duggan. From there, we're going to be taking a look at eight more titles, X-Force by Percy, Legion of X by Spurrier, Wolverine by Percy, Cable by Duggan, Howard's Excalibur, Wells's Hellions, Wells's Hellions, that's fun to say x factor by williams and x-men infinity green by various but notably uh steve orlando did some work there so let's just throw uh his name up in the piece now everybody might not recognize that awesome x-men infinity green cover that cover is actually from the printed edition that is coming out uh the x-men unlimited series a number of the titles have been collected in printed editions so always worth keeping a look out for. So we've all read all of this. There's nothing uh, nothing new to any of us here. So we can be fairly evaluative, as TK pointed out. We can take a look at this, and we can say, all right, 
everybody here even playing ground. So, yeah, not only have we read all this, but I think we've all personally and uh, professionally talked about each of these series for a solid number of hours. Uh, so I think we have a lot to say. So I imagine if you write up all the time, it's like a couple, maybe like a, a week's worth of just straight up talking about comics. Oh, for sure. I mean, the MC2 project alone totaled like 68 hours, and that's just that the, the MC2 stuff. It's just the edit down. So I can only imagine what, you know, uh, comics totaling a greater number with a greater number of voices. So, all right. Now, let's take a look at that first bracket. Let's go for it. All right. So Right off the bat, the two... I mean... Gillen has never been given the title, and I think we all keep waiting for it, but these have felt like kind of the two heads of X. I think after Hickman left and we started doing X Lives and X Death, we sort of thought maybe it was going to be Percy, but then Gillen really pulled to the forefront, not just in how he dealt with the broader goings-on of Krakoa through Immortal X-Men, but... He did Judgment Day, and now he's in Sins of Sinister. He really has felt like the standard bearer after Hickman. And I think one of the reasons that drew me to this parallel was that the early X-Men title by Hickman was so much about a sort of anthology look at the X-Men, and by virtue of the Immortal X-Men narrative switching perspectives each issue it has definitely felt a bit more slice of life now jonah did you have any uh, thoughts on these two comparisons and did one of them pull ahead for you yes so uh these two books are probably the juggernauts in terms of the x titles of like these are some of the more important books that people should be picking up if they really want to know what's going on in X. I think other titles tend to be more individualistic, whereas these tend to be holistic, covering a lot of different topics. Um, for me, Immortal X-Men pulls ahead by virtue of the format of following a, a Quiet Council member uh, in kind of each story and kind of going through their process of how they react to the Quiet Council, things going on in their own lives, things that they do, and all these different um, interesting stories that came out of it. And I really, really appreciated a lot of what came out of Immortal X-Men. That's not to say that I didn't appreciate a lot of what came out of uh, Hickman's X-Men run. However, Hickman's X-Men run felt a little jumpy at certain points of the vast amount of topics that it was trying to cover you know we have a couple of issues where it covers you know cyclops but then it also it follows around uh, in a way that doesn't feel as cohesive because it's trying to do so much narrative building it's doing a lot of heavy lifting to try to give us a lot of that exposition so we can understand exactly what was going on in Krakoa and unfortunately I think that was a slight detractor as as needed as it was so for me Immortal X-Men takes the cake I'm going to have to agree. I think it's got to go to Immortal X-Men here. Everything Jonah said, and just it rolled with the crossovers better. It felt like the crossovers replaced X-Men, but Immortal X-Men felt like they played along. That's at least two for uh, Immortal. So it's not that your vote doesn't matter, TK. But we already, but, uh, know. We already no, know. I mean, I, I, you know, for me, it's Immortal. Uh, 
another huge reason is the art of Lucas Vernick. Uh, some beautiful art in Hickman's X-Men, but Lucas Vernick, uh, I, I said a few episodes ago when we were talking about something that he will really be known as one of the defining X artists in the way that we think about people like Ramita and Chris Boccolo, just the way he styled characters those styles will be what we associate with them. And so that's, you know, another, on top of the really important, you know, points that you guys made, that's another huge one for me. The Hickman X-Men, I love the idea of an anthology X-Men book to sort of hit on the idea that in this new world, everybody on Krakoa is an X-Men. You know, we, we've often talked about, are they going to change the name of this whole thing to the mutants rather than the X-Men? Because it's about so much more than just the team the paramilitary team um and hickman's book really did kind of feel like the mutants but i for me the other really big thing that the anthology aspect lacked was some more of the grounded cultural and home life stories that you can tell in an anthology book like that so the anthology is a is a rough sell in the first place but then if you're going to do it and not necessarily make use of the full opportunity, uh, to me, it really is a no-brainer. And I think, you know, I feel safe uh, clicking right now and saying that we're giving this one to Immortal. I will say, though, I, for me, I almost got deterred because uh, uh, Hickman's X-Men did give us uh, Apocalypse's seed meme. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that makes it so interesting is, as we're looking at these, and I noticed on the slides, the beautiful slides Kevo prepared for us, uh, you know, if we would be able to just pull those back up for a moment. Uh, something that really stood out to me, looking at the first few waves of Krakoan books, they had a sort of stylized look that was pretty consistent to the look at how covers are going to be like there was a vibe and i feel like we don't have that vibe anymore everything's about more the individual book the uniqueness of title and i think that's going to be a lot of the comparing new to old throughout this next couple of uh rounds and i think no round better explores that than marauders and so to jump back to the marauders bracket Comparing Marauders by Duggan to Marauders by Orlando is, in a lot of ways, kind of unfair. Because Marauders by Duggan had the opportunity to say, I'm here first, I'm telling you what a Marauders book is. And for that reason, and that reason alone, it's not that I don't love Steve Orlando's book, but it sort of feels like Steve Orlando's book is an imitation of the best of Jerry Duggan's book. And at times I thought, the most of Jerry Duggan's book was an imitation of the best of Jerry Duggan's book. So I got to give this one to classic Marauders. It just hit heights that the new Marauders can't hit for me. I got to unfortunately agree. Um, I really do love Steve Orlando's Marauders. And I think if three other people on our team were doing this vote, it might go the other way. I mean, this really is, uh, you know, for me, unfortunately, with the previous one, I sort of uh, unequivocally goes to Immortal, like no matter how many nice things we say about Hickman's, I just unequivocally goes to Immortal. This is much more neck and neck to me, but um, 
Duggan uniquely writes these characters and this team really well in a way that he shines like a superstar in his Marauders run. Steve Orlando shines like a superstar in other stuff that he works on. This is maybe not his superstar run, although he has done great stuff in it. It is unique. It really is. It builds on a concept and, and lots of sexy people. birds, tons of sexy birds. And I frankly don't think there is ever enough. So, you know, uh, you know, time travel, uh, Cassandra Nova being cheeky. Like there are really great things in this book, but Duggan's, you know, I think Nico, you kind of really hit on all the things that make Duggan's really special and one of a kind. All right, Jonah, I mean, it's already sealed. It's Duggan. But do you have an opinion that either locks in or differs? I was going to say, maybe you'll sway us before we hit the button. Uh... Uh, <laughs> no, uh, this is uh, the second title in a row uh, where all three of us are in agreement. Personally, I think what a lot of it comes down to for me is at baseline, I find the kind of piracy that goes on in Duggan Marauders a little more entertaining and interesting uh, pertaining to what I find interesting and fascinating a little bit more than what Steve Orlando is doing in that kind of piracy. I feel like there's a lot to love about Steve Orlando's um, Marauders, you know, For as sure. you said, TK. We have Cassandra Nova. We have a really good cast. But cool symbiote. Cool symbiote. There's um, a lot of ta tackling, like, a lot of different cool things. You know, you have time travel. You have, like, a lot of integration with the Shi'ar. You have a lot of uh, interesting integration with the ideas of evolution and certain things like that where I think there's a lot to enjoy and there's a lot that I think I find that I and I understand why people are drawn to it however I think back to the stories that Duggan went over in Marauders I think back to Kate not being able to go through the gates I think back to Kate um, having problems with resurrection uh, everything going on with uh, the power struggle between Emma, Kate and uh, Sebastian Shaw, the, the rival uh, Hellfire company, with the, the those bunch of kids, and I thought that one girl, uh, Wilhelmina, was going to be a secret cuckoo, and I thought that would have been so much more interesting than what actually happened with her. The point being, those stories seemed, uh, those stories are the kind of stories that I'm drawn to a little bit more personally, and that's why I had to pick uh, Marauders by Duggan. All right, All right. the council has spoken. Now. From there, this next one isn't so much a clear reset along the the, the kind of reset lines that we're used to in comics. This one is, I think, uh, a little bit harder of a, a choice here. Now, New Mutants by Hickman Brisson versus New Mutants by Ayala Race. You know, let's put Rod Race up there. I think this one's hard, and it's not hard because... I don't... Okay, yes, I'm voting Ayala's New Mutants, period. I am voting Ayala's New Mutants because it did more things that I think represent the hallmarks of a good New Mutants run. A New Mutants run should be bold and challenging. I don't need an X-Men run to be bold and challenging or an uncanny X-Men run to be bold and challenging. Some titles can just, you know, manage the status quo in a lovely way, but New Mutants, the word New Mutants is right effing there. I want it to be new and bold and original and creative. And even when this run kind of let me down and just took a little too long to hit certain points for my taste, 
there were a few too many let's talk about our ceiling feeling scenes that would go on for like eight pages when i would have maybe would have preferred them at like five pages right uh and you know all hyper exaggerative but end of the day ayala's new mutants just edges out uh and you know that cover really that cover by hickman brisson so dynamic so exciting i really love it it's such a cool shot of that team being explosive but dang it if ayala's new mutants didn't capture newness like no one else could this is another one where uh i'm i i'm gonna say right off the bat it's going to ayala for me too um i but i i think i have the same criticisms that nico does and it just really speaks to the wealth of experience. And by the way, guys, uh, we're going to be putting these brackets up uh, for other people to get onto bracket fights and do for themselves, do with your yeah, friends. Yeah, please. Um, but, you know, I, I know for my partner, there is something really special about Ayala's New Mutants. And some of the therapeutic dialogue and working through trauma that they do. And I think it is unique and brilliant. I think uh, Nico and I work through trauma in our own ways and in similar ways and sort of don't necessarily have the same needs for how it's reflected in the comics that we read, which is not to say that it's not great that they do it, just that the response is maybe not the same for us. Yeah. For me, I was watching something that I was a little bit like, good for anybody who is, who's really feeling this. Um, it's kind of also the, the opposite of what happened with Duggan, which is Brisson did so much groundwork that allowed uh, Ayala's to really flourish where Duggan did a lot of that groundwork and flourished within it. And then Orlando kind of laid new ground and tried to flourish in his own ways. So like Ayala is really building off of Brisson. And uh, sometimes when you do that foundational building, it means that you don't get to shine in the way that the person that comes after you gets to. So for me, we are three for three for all agreeing. I choose. <laughs> I know there's not, there's not too much debate. I'm just going to start hope... making up bad opinions so we can fight. Okay, Bob. Um, so I, um, I think both New Mutants uh, titles take different directions to what they want to accomplish and what they're trying to say. I look at the Hickman-Brisson New Mutants, and that's more the 20-somethings not being the new mutants and being lost of exactly what they want to do, where their identity is now being challenged when they're not the new mutants anymore. And I think turning that title up on its head a little bit like that really is fascinating and interesting. I liked a couple of the things that they were doing there. However, Vita um, chose a lot of different interesting topics that I think resonate with me a little bit more. You know, we talked a lot about, you know, resurrection and um, you know, you look at someone like Cosmar who didn't like their appearance, whose mutant powers distorted them, and how being told, no, you look fine, they weren't listening to that person. We look at clones, we look at how Gabby was treated, and how she was a little bit afraid, because is she considered her own person? We have, um, you know, Martha, who for a long time was kind of like a joke character, and she talks about how being, you know, 
she was hurt by being called no girl this idea and wasn't allowed to be resurrected because again it was fine there was a lot of i think topics that really read that might resonate with a younger audience with a queer audience especially because you know if the x-men are always meant to represent the marginalized group i think those topics lend themselves well channeling through them through the stories of the younger mutants and i this was probably at least for bracket one the closest um pairing that like i had a real i had a little bit of trouble of like narrowing down which one i loved more could look at the hickman brisson run and you know that had beak in it that had uh boom boom that like you know it's these characters that i love that aren't being seen right now and uh it's just one of those things where it's like if you, if I have characters that I love uh, in that title, then I'm gonna have a really good time there. All right, you got to give it to the Ayala. We're doing it. We're giving it. But okay. <clears throat> now I'm. This... Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm having a hard time here because I know the better answer is sword. I know the correct answer is sword. I know the correct answer is X Men Red. I find the nature of sitting down and reading Red kind of like, you know, there's that point in classic Uncanny and New Mutants and X-Factor and Excalibur where I've joked a thousand times that I don't even know why they're doing omnibus runs of some of these titles. They should just do 1987 X-Men omnibus, 1988 X-Men omnibus, because like there's no separating it out. I don't know that I can sit down and read any one issue of Sword the way I can sit down and read any one issue of X-Men. I think I would like to vote last on this one. Jonah, what do you think? So, this is another very tough choice, but ultimately, I'm taking everything in. Uh, uh, start to finish, what do I find interesting? What is a book that I would absolutely pick up and read again? What is a book that if it continued, I'd still be reading? All these different things come into factors about my choices that I chose. So for this one, I personally had to go with Sword and X-Men Red. It's not that I didn't... Ultimately, looking back, there are plenty of things I really enjoyed about uh, Jerry Duggan's X-Men. There are plenty of things to enjoy, love, and I really am appreciative of that came out of it. However my attention goes to sword and part of that is because the nature of space is a little bit more interesting than just an x-men title i i think having the setting be this really cool uh space station really lends itself a lot to being eye-catching and a little more grabbing and i look at the content of what, what sword was going doing and one of the more interesting things that I really love that came out of Sword and X-Men Red is the power struggle of Abigail Brand, of her double crossing and all of these different things that come out of that of we see this person betraying who they're supposed to be helping or who we think they're supposed to be helping because Abigail Brand made a compelling choice. Nobody knows her real name. No one bothered to ask. And why should she have to follow the mutant dumb? because she is mutant herself. There's a lot of interesting conflict that come, that came out of this that I think really drew my attention a little, a little bit more than X-Men. All right, so then TK, what are you thinking? So I love this comment from Tori um, because this speaks to why I really would consider going uh, 
X-Men because X-Men is going to go the distance as a book. Uh, X-Men is a flagship title. <sighs> X-Men is a flagship title in a way that I don't get because my flagship titles uh, that I internalized were in the 90s. And uh, I am sort of reverent of Duggan for being able to roll with the new flow of what a flagship title needs to be. Um, and I have so much respect for that. Uh, I'm like sort of, I'm going to argue for why it should be X-Men, but then it's Cable in Sword <laughs> X-Men Red, so I have to vote for it because um, I, I and my whole life is Cable. Also, it would have been X-Men Red except for Magneto's death which uh i i haven't cried when like loved ones have died as much as i cried for magneto dying um sword just had some real hits had some real personal hits for me but i mean duggan's book is a feat that i have raged against this against this whole time because it's not what i want and it's something that i say so much when it comes to reviewing stuff in the Krakoan era. It's not what I want. It's not how I would do it. But no, it's not bad at all. And I'm actually really impressed. And comics probably would all fail if they l catered to like my personal whims and the things that I'm used to. Um, but those are the things that I want. And like sometimes I end up getting them randomly in other places. Uh, the flagship X-Men title really does have to change with the times. And uh, Duggan has done so in a way that I, I'm just really impressed by. Well, then I'm going to be able to give my vote to, because uh, it sounds like your vote in Sword and X-Men Red, no. so I can give my vote to X-Men without feeling bad. Uh, the right book is going to win, but I can put in a, a vote for a title that kind of deserves it, but that definitely means Sword and X-Men Red wins this vote. Now, I'm looking at the time, and I'm seeing that we're going to need to talk about these next few a little faster, yeah, or we're okay, going to be okay. here for four and a half hours. So uh, let's make sure that uh, we are we are approaching these titles, because we're going to have to look at each one of these again, each one of these winners, for rebracketing. So that's a, a process. Now, all right. I feel pretty good that we finally didn't have a three for three. I feel good that... Uh, we gave it to all the right books so far, you know, but this next one I feel like is a, a really tough bracket for It's really us. how do you like your Emma? Yeah. <laughs> so if we could uh, open up this next bracket, we're going to be taking a look at, or if we can get the slides up. Oh, wait, hold on. We have to finish this oh, bracket. We... we have to finish this side before we move on to the next side. Oh, see, I thought we would do the entire thing straight through, like do all of the first seeds and then do all the second seeds. That's not how she allows it. All right. So uh, didn't see that coming. <laughs> uh, in that case, Immortal X-Men it is for me. Out of these two, Immortal X-Men just holds my attention a little bit tighter than Marauders. It's not that I don't think Marauders is an excellent title, but Immortal X-Men is sort of a once-in-a-generation book. I feel like it's a faster way to experience new X-Men. I'm right there with you. What do you think, Jonah? Uh, Immortal X-Men. It just laid the, it laid the groundwork for so many different titles that we're currently reading. 
so so much important things have happened in that title that I you I feel like I have to give it its flowers. Yeah. It's your Cohen Gateway flowers, if you will. This I'm is steadfast I... in my choice. I mean, it's cable. It's always cable. This is definitely one that uh, would would really rip at the heart of a number of our contributors here on X's for show. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to give it to Sword. I know I didn't vote for Sword the first time. But I'm gonna have to give it to Sword Man. It's so uh, Jonah, your vote doesn't count at all. Um, hey, American, but it's uh, I'd still love to get your vote. Uh, for me, uh, I'm going against the grain. It's New Mutants for me. Wow. That's the title I would choose. There's a lot of really great things, and I I understand that there was, as Nico said previously, there might have been some points where I needed to just pick up uh, its uh, its jogging pace just a little bit of and cutting back a little bit in certain places. But ultimately, I look at the work that Vita did and the represent the representation and the metaphor that came out of this title, uh, I think is too great for me to ignore. So I'm actually really stoked. Part of the reason that I'm picking Sword is because I want to have the horrible final choice that we're going to have to have here. <laughs> Immortal. It's it's funny because I wouldn't even say it, it's my favorite book out of all of the Krakoan era. Not sure what i would maybe x factor but of the way these things all landed it's got to be immortal for me uh i'm gonna tell you that mine is sword because i want to give jonah a tie-breaking moment right now um <gasps> oh oh goody goody i get to be marvel the you know creator since you're watching you better send jonah all the gifts and flowers because he decides your fate right now yeah i mean it really is uh this is a, a neck and neck one for me and i am making it on the silly decision of cable because these are two incredible authors who have done phenomenal work in the krakoan era have given me the emotional tearjerker just beautiful moments that I want in their stories. Fantastic art all around. These really are both two of the greatest books of the era. And so, you know, it's a little bit of a coin toss, a little bit of a superficial thing. I love my boy Cable. I love Kid Cable. I love Adult Cable. Um, so, you know, for me, it's Sword. Jonah, break that tie. So to break this tie, my vote goes to Immortal X-Men. I... There is so much to love about Sword, and I can I can make arguments for days of why Sword and X Men Red are quintessential top tier books. But Immortal X Men just really shook the game so much for me that I have to choose it. Do you hear I that Immortal X Men is a top? Dumb top. Yeah, I, I, I'm stoked about that first half. Um, I'm glad that we ended up with what I think were really two incredibly strong books and having to pit them against each other. Uh, I respect both of your votes. And here we go. Well, and you know, just to, now that I understand the format and where you were getting, because at first I was like, there's not a whole lot of Emma in X-Force. What is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> having it be Immortal X-Men versus Marauders, it really does sort of represent what happened to Emma Frost over the course of the Krakoa era. Some of Emma at the beginning of Krakoa was course correction on some less than stellar storytelling for Emma Frost. And now we've already seen her become a super queen and seeing her, you know, be the super queen 
And Immortal X-Men, you know, surviving, making it to the end, it's sort of a no-brainer that it would be in the final seed, but I'm really excited to see where that takes us. Me I too. think one of the most powerful things from Immortal X-Men for Emma's character uh, and just the turmoil she's going to is her being uh, turning into di- diamond uh, form to sleep because she's that subconsciously uh, tumultuous and upset that she doesn't know how to process it. And that she keeps a man chained up in her bedroom <laughs> to give I mean, the illusion that she doesn't sleep like that. Queen I mean, girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. Truly. Who hasn't done that? Yeah. Who among us? Cast the first yeah, stone. Yeah, cast the first and stone. I mean, it's mastermind. Talk to me if it's like, oh, no, that's messed up. Hasn't Chamber had a hard enough life? No. She doesn't have Chamber chained up. She's got mastermind. I mean... Mass murdering. He not actually just showed up like that, and she was like, "I can use this. I can work with this." She. He uh, brought his it, own gimp suit. It came with the uh, with the castle when right, Namor helped make this. Uh, he actually put Mastermind in there. He's like, "Emma, this is my gift to you," and she said, "Thanks, babe. I'll tell. I'll put in a good word with Sue for you." So we took a look, and we said that Immortal X Men is the number one book choice of this first eight. It beat out every title along the way. And we have eight more ongoings to look at for the right side of our bracket. And I could not be more excited. We have X-Force, Legion of X, Wolverine, Cable, Excalibur, Hellions, X-Factor, and I guess X-Men Green. Mm -hmm. So let's take a look at our first matchup with X-Force and Legion of X. These both represent kind of like the uh, Y-Chromosome book. In a lot of ways, they are both Y-chromosome books of the Vertigo generation. I would say that X-Force is clearly born of Garth Ennis and Legion of X a little bit more. Grant Morrison, right? A little more Morrisonian. And when I'm asked to compare these two books, it's not really hard for me to make a choice. What is a little more difficult is being sure that the metric is even and fair. Hmm. X-Force has had 38 issues to meander. The Legion of X has had like a tight 13, all said and done, all combined. But I got to give it to Legion of X. It's done a better job per square pound of pressure on the X-Universe. Jonah, I'm gonna let you go first on this one. So I am, I uh, with my vote of Legion of X, I am deciding what will be moving on to the next round, mm-hmm. and I do want to say, looking back, I think there's a lot more I really actually did enjoy that came out of X Force. You know, I seeing Sage be very prominent is one of my favorite things to do, uh, but ultimately, I think there's just more that I really enjoyed and liked coming from Legion of X than X-Force. I think X-Force, for me, had just a few misses here and there that I think detract away from it, whereas I've ultimately enjoyed Legion of X just a little bit more consistently than X-Force. So, you know, you watching at home, please be aware, we're going to be doing a lot of bracketeering over the next weeks, months. Uh, We have a lot of fun with this. This is very much like, which is the best? Like, who's the, what's the most supreme title? But there are ways in which I could see, you know, redoing this whole thing with, like, 
what was the most experimental? What accomplished its goal, the goal that it set out in issue one the best? And there are ways in which X-Force, I mean, what is one of the longest running books at Marvel right now? X-Force. You know, X-Force is an impressive book in a lot of ways. Um, and has it made some, like, Family Guy-style face plants? 100%. But it has done so because that's what happens when you get close to running uh, almost four years unbroken, which a lot of books don't get to do. Even if you were to count size work prior to Legion with these same characters, it's still nowhere near as much. So, uh, you know, X-Force deserves its accolades, but like the like the rest of you, and Nico, I think you put it best, like, you know, pound for pound, uh, Legion of X gave it to us. And so, yeah, that's, you know, that's going to be my vote. All right, so I think that gives us the answer of Legion of X. Ooh, so species <clears throat> spicy. All right, um, I would generally, I would genuinely vote for neither, if I oh. could. I would double vote for something else. This does not represent the best work by Ben Percy, who has done a lot of great work worth referring to as a guy with best work. You know, there's like writers at Marvel who will do 10 years at Marvel and I will say, well, that's my, uh, okay, that's the least bad thing they did. That's not the case here. No. Ben Percy has done a lot of excellent work at Marvel. His Ghost Rider is exceptional. Really oh. excited that it's going to cross over with Marvel's, uh, with uh, Marvel, with uh, X-Men, you know, real Marvel, with X-Men at some point in the near future. Duggan has done a lot of brilliant things at Marvel over the years, especially in the X office. I don't love either one of these books all said and done. If I have to give it to one, Wolverine in... Now, this is the opposite. Wolverine has accomplished more pound-for-pound pound of pressure on the X-Universe than Cable did, and Wolverine's run longer. So this one, I'm giving to Wolverine, but kind of because I didn't give it to X-Force. So this is a little bit the sympathy vote, right? This is a little bit... Uh, you know, it's a little bit. It's the end of the night. Fine, I didn't. Fine. Uh, and Come Jonah, you get to be the guy again, because uh, I'm going to tell you right now. I said it. It's cable. Like I, you know, it's always cable for me. Uh, I I agree, Nico. Like, unfortunately, especially because this was a book about Kid Cable, who we kind of just dumped back in the trash that is the future. Um, which was an odd choice, and I maybe want to believe that it wasn't what Duggan would have done with the book had editorial mandate not come into play. But um, Phil Noto art, a really great Jerry Duggan story. Uh, I mean, it is, it's cable for me at all times. So Yeah, but JRJR art. I'm an Adam Hubert, but either way, good 90s yeah. art. Good night, you are. You're you're not wrong. I mean, like, I, listen, I'm being a dope, and it's also kind of fun to let Jonah break ties here. Um, but you know, my allegiance to Cable is such that, like, and this was a good run. I mean, I I think Nico might ultimately be laying some hard truths on me with how comparatively much better Wolverine is, but not uh, better, but fuller, more exploratory. One hundred percent. Cable Cable was a lot about. Um, look at the pretty action figure wolverine is a like, little bit more about get away the action this? figure yeah cable was like cable was about maintaining a status quo 
because you never knew when the toy had to go back. Wolverine is a little bit more like it's Wolverine who cares what happens to him because he'll always go back. So Wolverine's indestructible. You wanted to, you know, you didn't want to hurt Cable. You wanted to hurt Wolverine. I don't know. Jonah, break that tie. So for me, and it's not because I think I maybe rank this character higher in my own personal X-Men tier list, but Wolverine just scratched a little bit more of a uh, snicked itch, if you will, um, just a little bit more than Cable. That Cable run was the my first foray into any Cable, and I don't know if that, I think that might have hindered it a little bit for me, where I don't think it's, that's the best first thing of Cable someone should read. Um, I think there's some, if I had read Cable's previous stories first, I might be able to appreciate uh, Jerry Duggan's Cable a little bit more. But as it stands, I don't know if it really gave me the best Cable story. I also don't know that I loved the visual of him being a kid with a fresh start in a utopia. And his first move was the biggest guns I can get. Mm. Like... This was just not a departure that felt strong. It didn't feel inventive. It didn't, it wasn't bad, but it was a perfunctory move in an exploratory moment. And I, I think I'm, I'm glad that Wolverine won here, especially if X-Force lost and for good reason. Um, Very fair. And, you know, Senor Duggan has, uh, you know, the second place book over on the left side. So it's, now, this is one I'm really excited about because, again, this is about the ongoings, uh, the series that have you know definitely run more than five or six issues. And while we really feel like Excalibur has gone into Knights of X, is now going into uh, Captain Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain, this is a rating for Excalibur specifically. And in that regard, this for oh. me is very much going to hellions i love uh jacob contributor extraordinaire amazing voice here on Exodus for show on the regular uh jacob's point of if it had turned out that kid cable was kid strife trying to be a good guy that would have been the number i would have made sure it won i would have stacked yeah. the deck yeah uh but it wasn't so uh i guess it's like steam deck and it turns out it was just a whole lot of hubaloo and nobody bought one anyway uh um, Excuse me, sir. I'm going to go play mine as soon as we're finished with this. I'm going to go watch you play yours and uh, be jealous that I don't have one. Uh, kind of like how I feel about Kid Cable. Going to be jealous that we don't still have that. But no. to the point here, uh, not trying to make your life hard, Jonah. You know, Joj, I think you're the greatest and you're the smartest and the funniest. But uh, I don't love Hellions, ultimately. Oh, um, every issue is great. The actual book itself is terrific. And the art is by far, oh my God, Jacob is literally watching this on their Steam Deck. What a win. What an absolute win. I look like a <laughs> fool now. Oh, uh, sweet, sweet husband. Speaking of looking like fools, yeah, that's why I don't like Hellions. Because and it ties back into the amazing Marvel Unlimited uh, event that they had for Unlimited members and Unlimited Plus members the other night over on zoom where uh, incredible voices from the past like chris claremont walton wheezy simonson 
Grant Morrison, John Hickman, uh, just an incredible cavalcade of who's who from the comic universe came out. And in the course of it, you know, one of the things that Hickman reiterated for the zillionth time is evil Moira was not the original plan. That was something that had to be come up with later. And I, you know, I do imagine to some extent he was like, if I'm leaving, put my toys back. You know, no judgment. Everybody who creates something, writes something, re-envisions something. If it weren't for him, Moira was dead. So I'm not coming for anybody. But, you know, I wonder if at the time that Zeb Wells was masterminding one of the most fascinating alternative culture takes on X-Men ever, Hellions, if he knew what a uh, little garbage troll Sinister was ultimately going to be. One of the things that really highlights for me the elegance of Hellions, and if Kevo, you can zoom in really tight on the Hellions logo. When you think about the X-Men and you think about the X-Men in terms of their logo, the X is the big thing. But the big thing here in the Hellions logo is just how small, what little bit of the X-Men is actually in this effing book. And now that Sinister is... um, you know, Freddie Mercury of his very own Queen and Brian May and I can't name any other members of Queen. Wrong John and Ringo. Before. I was going to say and Adam and Lambert Ringo. infiltrating later. It, well, you know, and what do you want from me? Well, what you want from me is the answer and it's Excalibur. Hellions feels sour in my mouth now and Excalibur opened the door to a million possibilities. Damn. It's not that Hellions isn't a good book. It is that Hellions uh, represents one of the greatest adversaries of the Marvel Universe ever, getting his hands on the thing he wanted most, the vault of X-Men DNA. And Excalibur led to gay Betsy and gay gay Rachel and good guy Daddy Apocalypse and sexy Richter getting magic and (laughs) Gambit dying, so... I mean, so I'm 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 saying like I'm not counting. We're gonna get to Knights of X, and I'm gonna have a very different feeling about uh, what's happening. But for me, I mean, Nico, you make some really good points, and you the one of the reasons I love doing this and us talking about this is because again, I love for us that we are the crew that so often reiterates like nothing is bad. No artist is like, oh, you did a bad job. But we're no talking... one's art is hilarious. <laughs> no one's art is hilarious. This is very serious art. Nanny and Orphan Maker are serious business. But yeah. you know, when you pit things against each other, you do get to have that, what I keep saying is an evaluative moment, and you do get to kind of point out, if... <laughs> there she is, that goddess. If something doesn't work, that doesn't mean that like somebody did a bad job. There can be a lot of reasons why it didn't work. <laughs> And I love that we're doing this because we do get to have a little bit of critique, uh, but in a way that we're not we're not harping on anybody. So, you know, I'm bummed that uh, you don't agree with me, but I'm excited to hear what Jonah thinks. Uh, Jonah, break that tie. Let me tell you, I am. I will be the heartbreaker. I will break every single tie if we need to. I have no qualms doing that. I, I am that judge. Um, All right. Bring it to me, Randy. For me, mm-hmm. the reason why I'm choosing this title is for a specific storyline in that title. Do I win? Going... Come on. <laughs> well, now I'm going to take my time even more. No, I'm choosing <laughs> Hellions. And the oh, reason why I'm choosing fish. Hellions is because of the empath storyline where Emma uses him as a tool to get what okay. she wants. And you literally just see him cry at the notion that it doesn't matter. He is a tool. 
and he doesn't care. He will do what it doesn't matter to him because he will never genuinely be loved. And that is such a bleak, dark story and also such an amazing thing for a character like Empath who does not deserve anything good. He is my problematic fave for a reason. And it's really... I, if that storyline wasn't in it, I would have chosen Excalibur. But Excalibur also led to Ten of Swords, so I'll leave that there. All right. Um, Excalibur you know, it like is. I said, I mean, we're going to have a chance <laughs> to vote on some of the most amazing elements of what came out of Excalibur again when we do the minis. So, you know, uh, it's going to Hellions. I am very excited about that. All right. This last one, I'm not, I'm not entertaining this. This is unfortunate that this is how it had to go. Everything else had something that made sense as uh, like a diametric pole, something that you know like resulted in an opposite, where it wouldn't seem like we were kind of like pitting the queer book against everything else. Um, this sucks because it just it whatever was against X Factor stood no chance, uh, but. I also kind of feel there was no book that X-Men Green really stood a fair chance against. So X-Factor, thank you for the memories. It tastes like you only sweeter. Um, I will say I think X-Men Green is another one of those ones. I can't wait to see other people's uh, brackets uh, because I think there are people out there who this book was special to. And I think that the fact that it got a lot of unique voices on it, um, that people really got to play with some tough concepts. It, it's an interesting story. And at the same time, wow, people uh, are very harsh about X Factor, which shocks me because it's, to me, one of the best books of the Krakoan age. Uh, and it has me, a bad final issue, but like that can't be the reason you crucify something. Yeah. People were real rough about that. And this is sort of the opposite of Excalibur. Uh, I'm excited that we will be talking about Trial of Magneto, which is essentially the final five issues of X-Factor, but it's a mini that's called something else. And I understand why there were some critiques about that. Uh, for me, if you, if you are just looking at X-Factor, it's a really incredible run. But I also think, you know, it does pit well against Green because it is kind of giving us this, like, thing you don't think about like look at this thing you don't think about and how a team forms around it uh but yeah for me fully x factor uh no tie to break this time jonah but i still want to know what you think um i'm actually i'm not voting against anybody in x factor but i do want to say this actually pairing i think is important for a specific reason of giving other books a fair shake x-men green unfortunately i don't think was really going to win against anything X Factor was probably going to win against almost anything that you put it up against, genuinely, at least in the first round. So I think this is probably ultimately decently fair because we can at least talk about these in a way that you can give them both. Everybody, I think, really knows the answer. I will say X-Men Green has some interesting concepts going on in it, and I'm excited to see different writers take it on. Also, going to give it its flowers real quick, it went from an Infinity series to being printed. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, because the Juggernaut series didn't get printed. So no, There are plenty of Infinity comics that aren't being collected right now. And there are a wealth of really great ones. So the fact that it was, it is being collected, it is being printed, 
that does speak something to what it is, but it's it's X Factor. It's and X-Factor. it also it gave us the super cool Krakoan sanctioned X Men Green team with like Wind Dancer and Brother Nature and mm-hmm. um, you know so Alchemist. Anyway. Yes, uh, but we're giving this one to X Factor. Now, now, now we just got to bring it on home. I got to be honest, this one's not a, a tough split for me. You know, we're going to bring it on home, but then we have our minis to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to mm-hmm. take a short break after we split these uh, decisions and come on back. But this one is not a hard call for me. Legion of X is actually one of my favorite X titles. And, uh, you know, I really imagined my final three being Immortal, Legion, and uh, X Factor in some way. So really excited to vote Legion here. Legion for me as well. Legion for me. Yep. Easy peasy. This is a tougher one. Nope. X Factor. I'm good. Jonah? This is tougher for me. Thank you. I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah. I mean, I want to give it to X Factor. I love X Factor. The queer representation alone is so much. Uh, But Hellions is just a unique book. It's really cool and special. But yeah, we're giving it to X Factor. Now, I'm going to say something kind of brave here. I'm going to take a big risk. Yeah. I'm voting Legion for the same reason I voted for X-Men by Duggan before. Uh, I just really want to see Legion get a vote. And if Legion winds up not getting... uh, If Legion winds up winning for some ungodly reason, and it's not Immortal versus X-Factor, I'm confident Immortal will win. So no matter what, we're not going to have one that people are going to look and go, "Mm mm-mm. Mm-mm. Your favorite Tori Amos album can't be abnormally attracted to sin. Your favorite Janet Jackson record can't be Demita Joe. What do you mean the soundtrack to Glitter? Go home. Like, um, I am confident giving it to Legion of X. Jonah, would you like to go first on this one? This is this is actually I would like to go last if that's okay. Okay. Um yeah, this is tough. I I wish I could give it to X Factor because I think in the long run, X Factor would have deserved it. Uh, X Factor never got a chance to show us what it was. And it's very much a gone too soon over before it began. Legion has been giving it to us and also is where when we left off, when we took this break for Sins of Sinister it was really paying off a lot of uh, the big hawks pox concepts in terms of what, what the potential conflicts could be uh, broadly for mutants. So, you know, this is in part the judgment of the ongoings is how have they been ongoing. And in that way, Legion really has won. I think this is a, pr- a surprising shutout because I also have to vote Legion of X because... A lot of what I love about X Factor is thinking about the what it could have been. And that's not fair to Legion of X. That is why y'all gagging should bring it to you every ball. There's so much to love of the idea of what X Factor could have brought to everything. But because it wasn't given its fair shake, I have to judge based on what we did get. And on everything that we got, Legion of X just barely edges it out for me. Yeah, I just got edged by Legion of X for sure. Man, that felt good. It's a book that I've been cheering for since day one. Uh, 
It's a book I love a little bit more than most other books. I definitely loved Way of X, and I would love to consider Way of X part of Legion of X. Like, I don't think you can separate them. I think you also have to have Onslaught in there. But I, I just think Legion of X has been uh, a remarkable book that took a lot of missteps and got its footing quickly. So let's do it. Let's let's go. Let's. This is let's, it, uh, man. This is this is a great end. This put is out a on great the final two. All right. Okay. Legion Give of X. One second. I'm really I'm looking at this now. Legion of X for me. I'm going to give the vote. Uh, you know, if it had been Immortal versus X-Factor, X-Factor might have won. If it's Immortal versus Legion, Legion might have won. If it's X-Factor versus Legion, I don't well, know. We saw how that shook out. I... No, I'm giving it to, uh, I'm gonna give it to Legion. Do you want me to go, Joe? Yeah, I'm, uh, if you need, not to make this sway any decision, but I'm happy to break a tie if you need it to be. So I'm, e- I, you know, we got to get a, a an answer going, guys. I know. I, yeah. I, unless you would like to be the tiebreaker because my vote goes to Immortal. Okay, then let me be the, anything to say before I, I break this one? Um, like I said, Immortal X-Men just kind of shook so much up and the, it is a format that I genuinely love, um, by virtue of being so fascinating, interesting, and really laying, uh, running so that the current titles could try to fly. So I have, I, I personally have to give it to Immortal. I'm really actually glad that you said that because it sort of let me, reminded me why I'm voting the way I am. And I am voting for Legion. Um, and I just, everything you're saying is true, but there is a, uh, hopefulness in Legion that is lacking in Immortal that the Kirkcullen Age is in part about hope for me. And I just, I feel it. Well, yeah, Margali stole the hope sword. (laughs) Well, I did not see this going this way. I thought it was for sure going to be Immortal or X-Men by Duggan. I uh, I really did not see that happening. Wow, Legion of X. I'm actually really psyched about this. So, yeah. Well, we're gonna take a short break, take a look at some mini series, and get a another S class level winner, and go from there. I am so excited. So, until then, enjoy this break, and we'll see you guys on the other side of this commercial. Don't forget to like and subscribe. If you had asked me an hour and seven minutes ago if I, Nico, of X's for show, would have guessed that our top three titles were going to be Immortal X-Men, Legion of X, and X-Factor, I would have told you. I felt good about two of those. And uh, Oh, Marauders. No offense, uh, Senor Dugan. Marauders. No, no offense to any Marauders in the chat. Right. Uh, if you had told me that those were going to be the top four, I, you know, I, I just think that Legion of X is the outlier. I feel like Legion of X is the one that came out of nowhere and everybody's kind of like, oh, okay. 
I'm thrilled about it, though. I voted for it every time. Yeah, I just, it's, this is why I love doing this. Because in the moment when you really have to push thing against thing, book against book, you do think about it really differently. And it goes back yeah. to that, like, I'm not trying to S-talk any particular book. But when you ask me, do you love this one more? Did it do something for you more? Like, give me something. Man, I, I would not have thought Legion, but really in my heart and like right up to the very second Jonah said something, I was like, I think it probably has to go to Immortal. And then no, like I saw why it had for me to go to Legion. So really fun. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, Kevo, if you would not mind pulling up those mini series slides, we're going to take a look at the mini series that have constituted the Krakoan era. Now you might notice some mini-esque things not on this list because they were either one shots that were kind of grouped together as a mini or what have you we're going to be taking a look at fallen angels by hill which to this day might remain the most derided entry in the krakoan era except for maybe x Corp right next to it x Corp definitely did not uh yeah poor teeny howard on that one Empire X-Men by literally absolutely everybody that was working for X-Men at the time. But most notably, John Hickman was the architect behind the X-Universe. Inferno by John Hickman, uh, no in friend of mine. X-Lives and X-Deaths of Wolverine by Ben Percy, which you might not be, you, know, you might not believe may be able to be like two separate books, but you really can. Children of the Atom by Vita Ayala and uh, 4X by Chip Zdarsky. Man, this is a lot of critical missteps for uh the x office geez minis were not as i do not have the same warm feeling about this slide as i did for the last two geez <laughs> kevo get it away get it away kill it before it dies or whatever <laughs> uh can we see the other slide <laughs> it's my bad i wasn't clear i was so busy trying to kill things um terrific then oh this one's not much better we have trial of magneto by Leah Williams, Way of X by Cy Spurrier. Interesting to see how that fares, all things considered. Juggernaut by Fabian Nicieza, Sabretooth by Victor Laval, Dark Web by Jerry Duggan, Devil's Reign X-Men by Jerry Duggan, Knights of X by Teeny Howard, and Exterminators by Leah Williams. It got better by the end. Okay. Quite a quite a run on minis we got going on here. Yeah, um, I I think you're right. These these does not spark uh, the same reaction as those ongoings. But these do not a, spark joy. I don't. Give must, a, <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Up but... Say thank you for what you did and push them away. As much yeah. as I love Marie Kondo, that she's like, I've got kids now. You just can't throw stuff out. I'm like, that was your brand. That's your brand. It's like if Juicy Juice was like, we're really into sugar now. Anyway, so. Okay, let's start things off with what is, I don't know, like, this is not a choice I want to make because it's neither title that I felt lived up to their potential. So Both we're talking X-Corp of... versus Fallen Angels. Oh yeah, truly. Uh, if I have to give it to one between X-Corp and Fallen Angels, I thought the art in X-Corp was cool and engaging I thought the art in Fallen Angels was kind of overdramatic, like a 1998 late-night sci-fi channel show. 
I... Why are you selling it so well to me? Well, hold on. <laughs> I thought X Corp featured interesting characters doing interesting things, and I felt like Fallen Angels featured really surface reads of characters act- acting real base. That said, I have to give it to Fallen Angels because I think Fallen Angels behaved poorly. Bet okay, it's sort of like Britney Spears' "I'm a Slave for You" is not as good as Christina Aguilera's "Dirty" in terms of like pop culture's interaction with it. But I think "Dirty's" a better song. I think "Dirty's" better, and like I, I understand that like the world likes um, Damn, "I'm a Slave for You" that's more. A good metaphor. But like I, I kind of like "Dirty" more than "I'm a Slave for You." There's more to it for me. I think Fallen Angels is dirty. I think X Corp is I'm a slave for you. Both totally good, both totally valid, both totally F and make me want to be in the bathroom off of someone's D. But I really need to stress that this is not a comparison I like having to go at. So I'm going to say two things. One... Jonah, you're going to have to start off a couple more votes this time so that Nico and I can break some ties. Okay. Uh, But you're getting to break this one. And I'm actually stoked because this was really neck and neck for me. And I was almost going to vote Fallen Angels just so we could have the tie. Uh, Fallen Angels is good. Like, it got beat up at the time. But I think there's something special about it. There are even things that I don't agree with. Like, Cable... uh, and Laura being two people that need instruction in war. Like, the way it was presented... From Conan. From Conan, yeah. Like, it kind of didn't... That... There's something... They need instruction at getting abducted and body swapped? Is that what they need instruction at? There's, like, some way I believe you could have done it. Like, but they just kind of didn't nail it. But I like the idea of her being an adult to them as children. Um, And what can we do with that? I don't know. This also really put... Conan on the foot that she is on now that you know took her through all these amazing stories she's a uh, war captain now she's an important character it all started here but you know X Corp I think Monet gives it to us every season we look to her to watch a woman who can serve like no other this gave us political and you know financial intrigue which is something I think that we are always lacking, you know, we pitched the idea of like a financier supreme the other day. <laughs> um, so yeah, for me, let's give it to X Corp and then let's let Jonah break this tie. So uh, not to, I don't want to spend so much time on this. I'm voting Fallen Angels. And part of that is because I like the way Fallen Angels started and I like the way it ended. X Corp for me represented something that could have been interesting. I think this, I personally think the setting could be fascinating, but because it delved into classic action comic as opposed to really exploring the medium of business and what that can look like, uh, you know, how to succeed in business without really trying, I don't think it really hit the mark for me. It I think neither a, tried nor succeeded. No. <laughs> um, I, I think there's. I still think a book about one of the X companies, personally, and they made a book about, I don't think it's there anymore with everything going on, but the X company that was like the entertainment company, it was like the Charles Xavier like entertainment. There was a whole list of X companies that were basically shell companies. Charles E. Cheese. Yes. Uh, Cheese spelled with an X. 
Fallen Angels for me. Uh, I love that. I am pretty stoked to see this advance. Um, <laughs> love that we are going right to this showdown. Just like we love Pink. Uh, for this one, uh, which is Empire versus um, Inferno. Inferno. For me... I like Empire a little bit more for the sole reason that this sets up the better redemption in terms of in-character redemption for Wanda. Wanda trying to pay for her past mistakes. That is in a bad way, but we also get one of the sickest Ileana uh, uh, forms I have ever seen. It hasn't been brought back yet, and I want it back so badly. Anyway, as much as I didn't really like the Empire event as a whole... This Same. was at least a bright spot for it. Same. Yeah, and it's really funny the way they managed to, you know, like, be a part of the event, but not really have to do any of the stuff Nothing to do with the event. About. It genuinely didn't have anything to do with the event. Yeah, they just, you know, they like to be part of the drama, so they found a way to do that, and I love that for them. But for me, uh, I cry every time I think about Inferno. Uh, I cry every day because of Inferno. I talked to my therapist about Inferno for approximately eight hours. Um, a week. A week. Um, I, you know, this man is making bank off of my the trouble that I have with this story. And um, I just... There was so much beautiful and horrible in there. I We will be talking a little bit later about what came after it and how I felt about that. But Inferno for me was a... Truly beautiful, heartbreaking story, and uh, I feel like Eric and Charles have never been closer to kissing. So, Nico, you ready to break a tie here? Well, I feel like Empire X-Men is Trouble by Pink, and Inferno X-Men is Trouble by Coldplay. You cannot keep doing these. <laughs> and uh, I feel like Trouble by Pink is more fun. Um, Trouble by Coldplay is more emotional, and it, there's a there's a vulnerability and a humanity to Chris Martin's "This Fun sort of you know where like um, something has begun to drain the life force out of him, and I feel like Hickman doesn't get emotional like that very often. Hickman likes to stay cerebral. I don't cerebral. know how I... F yeah, I don't know how I feel about Hickman's emotional availability on Inferno. There's just something about it that doesn't read as real to me. I gotta go to Empire. Damn, dog. Um, okay, I mean, if that's what you... You know, if you guys want to make wrong decisions, like, I'm not allowed to stop you, so I guess... You could this... say the Empire's striping back. Uh, I, I, I can go, I can go. X deaths. It had more engaging art. It did some of the weirder things. It, I uh, felt had a little bit more direct line of logic and story. I wasn't bouncing around as much X deaths. It's not worth the dead air. Jonah, what do you got? I also just have to choose the X-Deaths. If I'm going to be really honest and vulnerable on the podcast on the show right now, 
this one of this is one of my uh there's only two of them uh and the entire bracket of across both there's only two that i would rather vote for neither this is a this is one of them where i'd really rather vote for neither but if i am choosing one it is x fast yeah Which, I, have we seen the other one that you wouldn't want to yeah. vote for yet okay i uh also would rather vote for neither uh i really do not want to vote for the book wherein moira skins banshee and wears his skin onto the island i really don't want to vote for that um but eh. the superfluous uh kind of canon canonical breaking run through logan's past where gene is watching him uh in bed uh sourly with other women yeah uh, Maybe man, some it's real tough um I'm gonna give it to X Lives because I I or I'm gonna, I'm voting for X Lives because uh, I I hate the Moira thing so much, but you know in this case X Deaths wins, so uh, there's that. Now All this right. is an interesting one: Children of the Atom versus Fantastic Four, X Men or Four X X Four. Who boy. I don't mind starting this one off. This is the second one where I'd really rather vote for neither. Okay. I am personally not a fan of either of these. However, the book that slightly edges it for me is Fantastic Four, but just barely. I I don't want to harp too much because that's not nice. These books just really are not for me. You know, I can actually say what it is uh, that makes me feel that way, Jonah, because I also agree. For me, it's 4X. Uh, it was over faster. Uh, I'll be the outlier again. My vote would be for Children of the Atom. I appreciate somebody trying something new. Uh, it didn't really work, uh, but it worked more than... Uh, you know, Fantastic Four, the original Fantastic Four and X-Men is such an iconic story uh and this one just didn't really have any of the same gravitas children of the atom um i i don't remember it super fondly but it i feel like you could work with it again i think it really is something that young aspiring creatives should read to understand how even when you actually are young and cool and understand the lingo it might still not translate to comics and it's something that is worth really studying to figure out how you know you can actually express the zeitgeist without seeming like uh, you are Tom DeFalco trying to write a teenager in 1998. Well, and if I can, comparing these two books is perfect. Yeah. Because yeah. we're told that ultimately 4X kind of came out of Chip Zdarsky being like, wow, I love that one moment in Hoxpox. And John Hickman being like, then go for it. And Children of the Atom took forever to come out because they kept running it through like rewrite filter after rewrite filter after rewrite filter. So, you know, comparing these two books, 4X was shot out and Children of the Atom was never given a shot. It had its artists change repeatedly. Meanwhile, 4X is sitting over there with fucking uh, with uh, F and cheesecake gorgeousness from the Dodsons. Like mm -hmm. you're talking about and I'm not I'm not coming for Bernard Chang or anything. I'm not saying for a moment that anybody is less talented than anybody, but when you're talking about two unbelievably talented people and you're kind of comparing them historically. People remember Madonna well before they remember Michelle Visage, and not just because Madonna had more hits, 
Um, not just because Madonna sued Michelle Visage. Not just because Madonna, you know, was the preeminent force, but because there is something about the way the world kind of grabs onto an idea and sticks with it and runs it. Children of the Atom had all new characters wearing some version of maybe uncanny valleyed costumes uh, by artists that as talented as they are just aren't the Dodsons who are drawing characters you recognize in a style that you know, in a voicing you understand. It's just not even a competition. I will say the best thing that came out of Children of the Atom was uh, the canonic in-universe Lizzo Dazzler um, uh, collab in which Lizzo actually did uh, was made aware of it and people were drawing fan art of Lizzo as Dazzler and Lizzo loved it. So that's the best thing that came out of that book. I love it. Uh, you know, we take take what we can get. All right. Wow, that's the first thing uh, 4X has ever won. Okay, this is easy, of course. It's Empire. Oh, yeah, Empire. Yeah. 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 I was like, is it? Oh. Oh, yeah, Empire, yeah. Um, uh, This one sucks. It, I just... I, I don't care for this one at all. This is not a good matchup, and I don't mean it sucks because both books suck. I mean, it sucks because this doesn't really acknowledge what makes either book great. X-Deaths was part of a, a big configuration of storytelling that was born of Inferno, was X-Deaths, X-Lives, and Life of Wolverine. So Life of Wolverine, which was the breakout hit of the year for me for Marvel, really an underestimated, uh, underappreciated, mega neoclassic phenomenon. I'll keep putting adjectives on it. Um, vote for whichever one of these gets to lose is kind of what it comes down to. Uh, but between the two of them, all said and done, pound of pressure for pound of pressure on the X-Men universe, going to death of Wolverine. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'll give you that. Uh, for as much as I have a problem with X-Deaths, there is a lot that, uh, you know, I, I was pretty harsh with it against X-Lives, uh, but... There, there. You were right, Nico. There's some amazing art. I mean, like, until you got to the end, the fact that Valkyrie showed up was really cool. Um, you know, there, there, there is some good stuff in X Deaths. For uh, X, just like this is Anitra versus Spice. This is why Anitra couldn't dance. I uh, couldn't leap, slip, sync against Spice. This is why it had to be Jax. Yeah. Because. This would have been really unfair to duck walk against. Jonah, any last thoughts? Uh, I can't in good conscience allow 4X to go any further than this. Yeah. Yeah. So it does have to be Deaths of Wolverine. And that's unfortunate that it's not enthusiastic it going forward. It's the lesser of two evils. All right, TK, so- what's your choice here? In Empire versus X-Deaths, I think you will be unsurprised to learn that I have chosen Empire. But I just want to say I actually love that in this case, uh, you know, we have gotten to a clear-cut winner really quickly. I think that's fun. Yeah. JoJo, what do you think? Uh, For me, it is Empire. As genuine little impact this had on X-Men as a whole, I still enjoyed it far more than I enjoyed Deaths of Wolverine. I think the fact right. that it had so little impact was kind of the fun. Like it is as close to a slice of life as you're going to get. 
because nothing matters. So it's just the X-Men kind of on a field trip. Um, and you got Explodey Boy. Well, I'm glad my vote doesn't matter because I'm giving it to X-Deaths. Uh, I'm glad it's got Explodey Boy, and I love that, and I love a lot about Empire. But my whole thing here has been the book had to have weight. I gave okay. so much right. to Legion because the book has to have weight. Yep. Empire has no weight. Empire is Kalista Flockhart in an anti-grav machine. And, uh, you know... I will say, I think X the weight that it has... has the weight. I think the weight that it has is showing us... Because this was so early on, it was showing us that the X-Men can still roll in a crossover event. Like, they can hang and... You know, that's not I, I get why that's not necessarily enough because it's checking in black marauders for better results. Interesting. We will talk about that one another time. <laughs> we uh here we go, Empire. Do we want to pull up the uh slide again for the second set? Yeah, let's do that for a moment because I feel really bad about this one. So um second slide from the second round sees Trial of Magneto and Way of X, two books that were blasted uh, online when they came out. Juggernaut versus Sabretooth, two villains that have been given far too many chances and stir up quite a bit of argument every time they come up. Dark Web and Dark Reign. Duggan's, in my opinion, absolute worst moment in X-Men versus Duggan's absolute best moment in X-Men. Can't wait to get that one. And then uh, a miniseries that I'm really excited to talk about how much I loved and a miniseries that I'm really excited to talk about that I thought was super overrated. So I'm really excited to talk Knights of X and Exterminators. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to do this. Trial of Magneto, Way of X. I'm sorry, guys. I got to give it to Way of X. It's got to go Bamfy. Uh, Trial of Magneto was a victim of design. Great story. Cool design. Wrong case for the meat. This was trying to make a sausage using a burger bun as the sausage casing. It's just not the right way to give me a ground meat. Uh, even the right stuff, just wrong form. This is just not, this was just not it. This was not the moment. It wasn't singing any Vanessa Williams to you? No, the, sometimes the snow comes down in June. Sometimes the sun goes around the moon, but the trial of Magneto was not the book I wanted nor deserved. For me, uh, and I'm going to make this a tiebreaker for you, TK, I'm voting for Trial of Magneto. And you may think, Jonah, you should be voting Way of X. And the answer to that is my only problem with Trial of Magneto comes with editorial's decision to name it that. Uh, I think that's really fair, and that's a huge factor in mine. Um, I really wonder how X-Factor might have fared had it had five more issues than the five issues that it had were Trial of Magneto. Um, I wonder how much some of the criticisms would feel like they really applied in something that wasn't turned into a mini event. Uh, this is another issue of comic books that my therapist is far too aware of. Uh, I really would love to give it to Trial of Magneto, but I am going to give it to Way of X uh, because I just think the groundwork that it laid for what came after and the way that it picked up 
on the Krakoan concept that is so important, uh, but, you know, not everybody has time to deal with. Uh, it, it was just beautiful. It is really important, and I just, I really did enjoy it. But this is neck and neck. These are two beautiful books. For me, I will not hear any slander of Leah Williams, and I don't want to hear that she can't hack it at the level of some of, of somebody like Cy Spurrier. To me, these are very equal books in terms of quality and my interest in them. Uh, and, you know, it's just a little bit more, it's, as Jonah said, the editorial aspect of the situation is one of the really big dings against it. So, Way of X it is. Way of X it is. Now, okay. Jugs versus Sabretooth. I hate Sabretooth. I love Juggernaut. I love the Sabretooth book. I don't love the Juggernaut book. I love the idea that Sabretooth has had sex with Wolverine. I love the idea that Juggernaut actively has sex with Black Tom. This is tough because Sabretooth is the better book. And Sabretooth has more to say. I like Juggernaut more. I got to give it to Sabretooth. It's just a matter of pound for pound. What has more pressure exerted on the X-Universe? It's got to go to Sabretooth, which is doing a better job to advance the X-Universe than Juggernaut did. So, Vic, you got it. I, I really do think one of the interesting things about Juggernaut is that it is a beloved writer who loves the character coming back, and they're not off their game. They're a little older. You know, Nisigaze is a little bit older than most of the writers in the X office now, but he has not been relegated to a Legends book or a, it's in continuity, but like nothing can up, no, nothing new can happen that applies to present continuity. Um, and he really could hang. He wrote a good juggernaut story. Uh, he managed to pull from the past that he established and look to the future. Uh, and I thought it was a really good setup for Juggernaut coming on to Krakoa. Uh, Laval turned Sabretooth into something that matters at a level that I, I think we will be talking about for decades to come. And that's tough to do with a character that, like, is just the side of a Nazi wherein you just shouldn't show them anymore because... If, should anybody sympathize with them, we start to get into problematic areas. Uh, Laval managed to figure out how to use Sabretooth in a way that we all can read the book and take something from it, and nobody is ever saying, like, but Sabretooth's cool. Uh, that's a feat with a villain and a complicated, problematic villain. And so, you know, Nicieza, really fantastic work. Laval, uh, transformative work. Oh, what's your vote? Is your vote oh, Sabretooth? Saber, Sabretooth, yeah. Okay, I'm fine saying that my vote is Juggernaut then. Um, I I like Juggernaut more. And That's I'm a, fair. This is my choice. And it's my Diesel. choice and not yours. Diesel <laughs> was a great star to come out of Juggernaut. Mm -hmm. um, I just like what Juggernaut has to say a little bit more. Personally, mm -hmm. I think I enjoyed Juggernaut a little bit more than I've been enjoying Sabretooth. Um, not to say that Sabretooth is bad, but I like Juggernaut more. I think that is totally fair, and I get yeah. it on so many levels. Also, that Scotty Young cover is 
I know. I really. I was like, I have options, but this is the option. Oh man. I am so excited to do Dark Web versus Devil's Reign. Why Dark? I mean, Dark Web is a. It's a rough moment that is not well fed. It is not well developed. It is not like the worst thing Duggan's ever done by any means. He is not some you know hack writer who doesn't know how to work a book or anything. I am certainly not coming for him, but I do need to express that Dark Web meandered where Devil's Reign thrived. Devil's Reign was direct. It dealt with history. It dealt with narrative. It had perspective. No brainer for me. I am excited specifically because I think everything you said is correct. Uh, But I think there is something so transformative about what happened with Madeline Pryor and how that specific element was dealt with that I know there are people that Dark Web will will be will win this for them and I think it'll go far in their bracket. I think Nico, you bring up really important critiques, uh, but I am I'm just aware that finally having Madeline having Jean say to Madeline of course we showed up your family is a like 40 year on game changer that I think is important to people. And it really matters on the flip side, the idea that Electra and Emma Frost worked together and knew each other matters to like nobody, but me and Nico, but it matters to me so much. I think about it daily. You forget about me. (laughs) Is this, is this another, are you in the mix for that? Yeah. Okay. Well, I know. I'm just, I just want to be acquitted. <laughs> I listen. I, anybody who wants to be on this train, um, I, I'm, I'm here for it. I think these two characters are so special. I think uh, Electra is about to have a really important time in her life at Marvel, and I think Emma is still thriving. The idea that they, you know, work together under the kingpin is not really surprising uh and it doesn't necessarily uh change the game in the way that madeline Pryor is now family uh changes the game for the x-men <laughs> but it uh it it's really important to me and i thought yeah this was just beautifully done emma looking spider-man in the eyes and saying you're just a boy and kissing him um wow just wow so yeah it's Devil's Reign. Uh, for me, it also goes to Devil's Reign. Um, they, I will say, as much as I love that moment, and it is a really great moment, I do think the that represents maybe the smallest of sins for me, where it felt a little bit of... We're writing the story in this past, so people are giving current characterization to characters in their past when that's not I don't know if that's exactly how Emma would react and that's how Emma would treat people because that's not who Emma was at the time that this that that, that uh part of that situation took place however um Devil's Reign still takes it for me I really enjoyed that event I really enjoyed that story I also really love the art yeah, oh that, yeah the that art, is, so art is incredible good. Uh, you know, my only reply would be is if we were in a situation where we were like having to debate this for a writing situation, I would say that you could 
get to Emma is so much younger that she is both behaving in an extra jaded cutthroat way, but also she is less hardened because she hasn't quite gone through, you know, the Hellfire Club experiences. And if you break the shell, it's it is the softness is much bigger than you might think. Where, you know, by the time you see her in the nineties, it's like, yeah, Spider-Man's not getting that reaction. All right, so this one sounds like it's going to Devil's Reign. It is going to Devil's Reign, and like I said, I didn't think it was going to be a huge fight, but I'm excited to have talked about it. (laughs) All right. Oh, man. Knights of X, easy. I think Exterminators is a lot of fun, but I feel like Exterminators got very close to the line of inappropriate and then sort of like USA dramedied instead of HBOing and don't sell me that it's an HBO book and then censor so much. And so Exterminator is great, but Knights of X did the opposite of censoring. We got a big old lesbian kiss and nothing about it was censored. So Knights of X wins just for sheer balls. I would love to go next. I personally recognize the greater impact Knights of X has had as a title. The Betsy and Rachel becoming a couple and then that kiss that was so unfiltered, so unapologetic, is so important. The canon to Captain Britain, so important. Everything that Knights of X represents is so important. However, you give me a book with Boom Boom in an amazing outfit. And calling her a bimbo. And we have Dazzler, who hasn't been seen at all. We have Laura getting to have fun, where she's not having to be so serious. And we get Jubilee, who gets to take a small break from being a mom and gets to uh, be badass. I personally have to give it to Exterminators. I, I, I reckon it's like we were talking about with different books before. I know Knights of X is the better book and is the more obvious choice, but I have to give my vote to Exterminators. Uh, I love that. I, this really is about more than just what's the best book. Uh, you know, personal choices should come into play. Uh, and I'm really on the fence about this. I loved Exterminators. I thought it was really fun. I feel like despite the censorship stuff, which I, Nico, I really do agree with. I just feel like there was probably a better way to get there. Um, but this is, if we're going to be doing so many minis, uh, you know, if it's really going to be that tough to have 13 to 24 issues of a series playing around with stuff like this, where if it's not a smash hit, you're done in five issues. I think it makes a ton of sense. I think it just, it worked well here. Um, Knights of X took what was built in Excalibur and took it to the next level, made something beautiful, gave us a queer kiss, a canonical queer relationship, which I can't believe it's 2023 and that feels like a get, but it is and it does. And uh, the Bob Quinn art is... Absolutely is just i mean i i talked about lucas vernick like bob quinn is another one who i just feel like sets a standard for characters and i want to look at them all day long 
So I am going to give it to Knights of X, but I really do. This is one of the closer ones in my in my entire thing. Like I think these are both fantastic series for very different reasons. Listen, Knights of X is lucky by Britney Spears and Exterminators is you drive me crazy. <laughs> okay. Neither hit I would go for. There's I would go for a toxic myself, but you know, a me against the music. A little breathe on me, circus maybe. Oh man, way of X versus Sabretooth. Way of X. Way of X. <laughs> wow. Okay, guys. Uh, I think it's way of X too. Uh, but uh, you you got there fast. Come on, this is tough, right? Death uh, uh, Knights of X versus Devil's Reign. Devil's Reign. And I feel bad. John, I'll let you uh I'll let you break the tie on this one. I'm gonna give it to Knights of X. Oh that's unfortunate because I was gonna say to you, TK, I'm gonna let you break the tie because I'm also choosing Knights of X. Bye, Devil's Reign. Oh man. Way of X versus Knights of X. This is an interesting place to wind up. This is one of the more interesting pairings because you look at Way of X that led us to the previous Brackets winner of Legion of X. Mm -hmm. But you look at Knights of X that has given us so much and what it has led to. And, you know, we have what's currently going on with with, uh, Captain Britain Betsy and following her life with Rachel traveling the Captain Britain multiverse. For me, out of these two, I have to give it to Knights of X. Funny enough, these are both drawn by Bob Quinn. So either way, he still wins. Yeah, Bob is the true undisputed winner here. We Uh, love you, Bob. (laughs) Oh, man. This is tough. Nico, you have any thoughts or do you want to be the one to uh, make the final vote? I would like... I don't know how many times I've gone last. Okay, so, so let me. Going so let me. Okay. Uh, I. Yeah, I. I think I want to give it to Way of X. Uh, again, it's just hearing somebody else make their justification. I think what the spark means for the X Men could be something that goes on for a very long time, uh, and I think to me while Rachel and Betsy just life-changing to see that uh I think I think there's something important about Way of X and uh also you know it leads to us getting uh Forget Me Now back so or Forget Me Not back so I love him very much who Forget Me ah, every time <laughs> I'm the worst so okay I think I have I think I have to give it to Way of X, which did more on its own than Knights of X. Way of X did make me like Pixie. Yeah. No small feat. All right. So now let's see what... Oh, uh, Way of X. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Legion of X and Way of X? Those are our two winners. <laughs> Empire 
Empire is the kind of actor that kind of spots the cracks and everyone was like, yeah, okay. Okay, well, there you have it. Cy Spurrier, uh, king of the Krakoan Age, according to the Exeter crew. Um, that's really fascinating. So uh, we are going to put links to these brackets up on our Twitter, at uh, Exus for Show. Um, I would love to see everybody else's brackets. We also are not going to be stopping with these two. We have an insane list of categories. Nico and I spent hours last night just dreaming these up. Um, some of them are going to be real big, so we will get to really play around with this stuff. But it's March Madness. I can't think of anything better to do with the time than some bracketeering. Yeah, and uh, all right. Well, okay. Okay. We have two winners, and uh, it's time to do some sign-offs. So, Jonah, give me your sign-off, how you feel about the two winners, and because uh, it's really one winner. How you feel about the one winner... And uh, where we can find you. I will say, both my picks for the final round of each bracket were not the ones that won. <laughs> so, uh, I am today's biggest loser, but I don't think anybody loses with our choices. Um, there's compelling arguments for either side of every book. And, you there's know, good I, people on both sides. I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, everybody else's um, personal brackets of how they chose um, to rank these titles. And, you know... Part of the way that a lot of these rankings always come out is the luck of the draw of who they're pitted against. You know, you look at something like Empire that made it all the way to its fi the finals in its bracket because it just happened to be up against books that weren't as good as a singular issue of something. In a way, yeah. Some one way took a bunch of these books out. In a way of X, if you will. Um, and now to our own Legion, you can find me over on Twitter and Instagram at Pete Jonah. All right, TK, how do you feel about this double-decker size spurrier slice of drama? You could, you could not have convinced me in a million years that this is how this would turn out. Um, Same. Which I think is so cool. Um, I love talking about books with you guys no matter what, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a gamer through and through. I like to add a little element of play, and even just something like ranking these things is all kinds of fun. Uh, I'm super excited to keep doing it. And uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Legion of X and Way of X are two really, really good books. And I think I get it. So I'm super happy. I had a ton of fun. And if you want to talk about this or the many other brackets we're going to be doing over the next few weeks, I am at xnatexgrayx on Twitter, Instagram, Hive, Tumblr, uh, all over the place. So, you know, come find me. And, you know, I feel pretty good about these wins. Uh, I like a lot of our top choices a lot. Um, most of our top stuff was pretty good. I'm excited to get this all laid out and do some data on it. And if you want to find me and talk a little bit more about these amazing wins, you can find me at Nico Action. That's N-I-C-O-A-C-T-I-O-N. And until next time, which is actually tomorrow night, <laughs> uh, we have an amazing This Week in X that we're doing tomorrow where you can check out uh, our opinions on a lot of these books uh, these guys, as a matter of fact, don't forget to check us out at X's First Show on all the things. And until then, keep those mutant lights lit, those Krakoan gateways open. Remember, it's only madness if you succumb to it. And we'll see ya. Mm -hmm.